Artist one at Cloud Imperium Games on my team. Um, yeah, welcome to the podcast, Alex. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's all good. <laughs> I think uh, talking to you is going to be really awesome because uh, we've spoke about it a few times, but like you know, the traditional UK way of going to university and getting into games is like it's very common here, but. You obviously went to uh, the Game Assembly in Sweden, which has like a, from the way you've described it anyway, it, it's like almost a completely different mindset to education. So it's going to be really interesting to hear about that later. Um, but first of all, <laughs> I want to go straight to this point because this is like, you, you came out with this so casually when we spoke about <laughs> it at work. But oh, I, I want to hear about yeah. I want to hear about what you did before you you started your game stuff. Oh yeah, of course. Um, yeah, no, well, so for everybody that don't know, I'm Swedish. Um, I I basically as my choice on I think it is high school. You guys call it you when you're like sixteen. I chose to start on a school called LBS, which is like a very slow start to making games. And before I even knew making games was the thing I wanted to do, I, uh, by, by the time I was 15, I, conf- like, con- what is it called? I did the confirmation thing in the church. And that was basically my foot in into the working in the church. Uh, I met some of my most beloved friends there and the people that were just awesome but because I met so many nice people there I became like a what is called confirmation leader so I basically helped during my during my school times uh, I helped uh, confirming people I don't know what the fuck it's called but yeah Uh, and by that I also when I had time on like summer summer breaks um, I helped out in the church and became like a what do you fuck? What the fuck do you call it? Like a <laughs> graveyard maintenance man? I guess I don't fucking know. The uh, graveyard keeper. The gra- yeah, a graveyard keeper. I guess yeah. <laughs> yeah, the like the game. <laughs> exactly like the game. Oh but then I started. I started like slow with like just cleaning up the yeah the graveyard, um, and then it became a bit more. Yeah, a bit more, and I started digging graves and stuff, uh, which was a very, <laughs> it was a weird ass job, but it's very respectable, I would say. Um, For sure, I think what what took everyone by surprise when you, you you literally just like turned around and dropped it in a conversation. There was no like build up to it. You were just like, yeah, I used to dig graves. Yeah, and we were like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? Yeah, no, I dropped that very. I dropped that so fucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're always yeah. like dropping in stuff like that to conversations just like, yeah it's, uh, it sounds so normal in my head but now when you say it now it's not normal at all <laughs> what the fuck so but like, yeah no so I worked there 
for a couple of years, like every summer I worked hourly by just digging graves, cleaning the yards, and then sometimes I worked inside and stuff, but mostly just like pressure washing and cleaning up and then digging graves. How would you how would you rate it out of ten for a job? Because uh, I can say like working with customers and stuff in like retail is is like a solid four out of ten from me. Like, is it is it more peaceful yeah. working the graveyard? And I would say yeah. Like I would actually say like it's not my thing. I think I would work with my entire life, but it's actually I would say it's one of the most fun things I've done. Even if it's like it takes a while to get used to like having the dead people around you and like the respect you have to have on the graveyard and stuff but at the same time like the people you meet are thankful for what you're doing and it feels like you're doing something good and at the same time I respect the people that do it because there is so many hardships with it like seeing people crying seeing people being sad and you have to like not not react so much because you're trying to be respectable to them And then also the the harsh work, like digging a grave is not fucking easy. It takes a while, it's deep, and the smell on a grave is not nice at all. <laughs> how, how long does it take? Uh, I don't know the exact number, but like, it depends on where the grave is. I know one time I did it on like, you know, it's like a maze inside of the graveyard where you have to like go with shovels and do everything manually. Then it easily will take like a half a day or if even an entire day depending on how like how much space you have uh, so yeah it takes a couple of hours at least you just out there like you weren't doing it on your own were you you were like do you have a no 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 stuff? Yeah, yeah yeah if i was i don't think we could do it alone even like you have to set up stuff so that the the grave doesn't like cave in or whatever you call it like it falls apart so you have to set up like stands for it so it, it keeps this a square shape or rectangle shape and then it's also like it's just so heavy work that you you just have to have people helping you so we were like i think we were four to five people i think cooperating did you have when a, we did it at least do you like do you talk while you do it or is it like yeah yeah that's the thing like because it's such a weird job where you're like there is it's it's a weird feeling working close to dead people i guess but because it's such a heavy thing we often need to like joke to lessen the burden or whatever i guess uh so no we we talked so much and like made it to a to the to a fun thing but in a respectable way of course like if we have people around us uh we of course don't do anything stupid but when we don't have people around us we try to make the best of the situation i guess yeah last thing you want is like a service going on in the background and then (laughs) Just yeah, you make four Swedish guys in the, <laughs> <laughs> in the background. Yeah, that like, would be fucking horrible. Oh, no. Damn. Yeah, I mean, like, there we go, folks. If that's like not the, <laughs> that's not the beginning of like a very unique origin story. Uh, yeah. Would you say? Oh, yeah, weird. Would you say you learned anything from that role that, like, kind of you've carried forward to, to your role now? Is there any parallels between game dev and, and graveyard keeping? um i would say like from the two jobs i had which was like being a confirmation leader and then the graveyard is that from the confirmation leader point i got like not official leadership training but i got leadership training 
so I think from from that part, I I learned so much about how to how to like be a leader and take care of everybody and look so that everybody in the team actually like feels good and everybody knows what they need to do. And from the graveyard, I think like mostly just mentally, like being able to just even if it sometimes is a bit uncomfortable, just to keep going and try to look at it as positive as I can. Just pushing ahead and, and getting the work done, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then also like having, I think mostly just having a perspective that everybody has tough times. Because like before I work, I worked at like a small IT company on the summer as well. And then it's like, you just talk with people and don't think about it so much else. But like when you work at the graveyard, you really like, you can really see the perspective that I'm working right now, but right now there's standing like four or five people that are grieving beside me. So it's like, I get the perspective that everybody's going through stuff and you have to like, try to be respectful and think of that everybody has stuff going on in their lives, I guess. Did that have much of an effect on you? Because like, obviously, I guess seeing people upset quite a lot of the time would have quite a a, a big effect on your, your emotions too, right? Because... I can't, I can't yeah, even yeah, imagine, course. you know, I can't even imagine. Um, it, yeah, no, of course you get like, you get a bit sad seeing people sad and it makes you think about things. That's also one of the major reasons why we like joke. You know, often people joke to make a bad situation better. That's often how we humans work. So I think that's one of the good things about the the guys I worked with, that being able to, being able to in these situations at least try to make make it seem like a good thing, which actually they did. So like even if it was sometimes not so good not so nice seeing people grieve, I I knew that they were very thankful and often when you were done, they often like put a hand on your shoulder and thanked you for doing what you're doing. Which is why I respect the job so much. Like it's not easy at all in many in many levels. And people actually are very happy for you doing it, so Now imagine a yeah. lot is over overlooked quite a bit like, yeah i think so yeah how how many people roughly would it obviously you said there's four people to dig the grave but like overall to carry out like a ceremony from from start to finish how many people are kind of involved in that like roughly you don't have to give me like i want teeth <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. exact number i at least i i think it's very it depends so much, but I would I would like to say at least ten, just because you have to have like you have to have the priest and then the musician and then the the background people that does the that keeps the systems online like the sounds and everything, and then you have the actual workers that dig the grave, and then you have all the other organization people. Like there's so many people involved in the church, you just don't really see them. Everybody's like working to make it as people. They basically don't want the grieving people to have to think about anything. So there's so many people in the background, you just don't really see them. Damn. Well, that's like, that's eye-opening. I never thought I'd be learning about this kind of thing from from someone on my team at work, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone... No, it's a tough one. Was that part of your application when you went to TGA? Like, <laughs> does it help help you now with that kind of thing? Like... Tell us, tell us about the next step. So, like, obviously, you did this while you were you were studying at college, right, or, or high school. 
No, this was below. I don't really know oh. what you call it, but when you're like, when you're confirmation, you're like 15. What's that grade? You're like, is that? That's um secondary school. So it is secondary school. So okay. in the UK, we have like primary school, secondary school, and then college, yeah. or some people call yeah. college high school, I believe. Yeah. It, it changes depending on where, you, where you're from in the UK, really. But um, yeah, yeah, up until you're 16, you're at secondary school. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So this would then be it is, then, right? It, yeah, yeah, the church was, the church started, the church thing started in secondary school then. And then for my, what should you call it? Uh, high school? High school or college, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that when you, that's when you can choose your first school, like, yeah. So that's when I started on a school called uh, LBS, which is like a very, very soft start of making art and getting into game game art, I guess. There were so many other classes. That, like, there was, like, movie classes, there was music classes, everything with arts, basically. But I chose the specific class called, like, game art. So that was my first, first uh, start on making art. Uh, ever, actually. Uh, what, what made you want to do that in the first place? Like, was you, were you just a gamer from when you were little, or did you... Did you play something at one point that made you think, "Oh, I want to do this for a living"? Like, when when was it that you had that first kind of uh, thought of games? I think, like for me, I played games since I was so so young. I can't even remember. I've been playing games since I was very young because I'm I'm not so old. Like games existed when I was young, <laughs> so I I know that one. Like the first game I played was my mum's like. Uh, what is that? Like the the Mario Donkey Kong, where he throws down a barrel, <laughs> and you have to jump over them and stuff. That was like the first game I played, and then I just played games like the original Xbox and stuff. I played that like my entire life, and then I had I had two cousins who went to this school called LBS, right? And because I saw up to them so much, like they both gamed and they were older, I thought they were cool, of course. I thought, like, I don't know what I want to do, so I thought I'll just try following them for a bit. So I joined LBS, the exact same school they went to. And then when I went to the LBS school, I also met some of my uh, best friends ever. And yeah, that's where, I, that's where it started, and I knew that making 3D art is very enjoyable, basically. It's alright. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. So in that school, I started learning about Maya, uh, how texturing works, everything from Power of Two to Photoshop, everything. Uh, even making like clay figures, uh, physically then, not in ZBrush. <laughs> and then all these art classes about colors and stuff, everything, graphical art and stuff. Um, and then from that, uh, luckily, we had a very good 3D art teacher that uh, that told us that TGA is the next step for you guys. If you really, really want to get into a good school, he he said TGA is the best. Um, and we also got like, what is it called? Open house. You know, when you can go to schools to just look at it. Yeah, yeah, like an open day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So our school get a private one because... LBS is like an art game art school as well. We we got like a private open tour thing. 
where we got to walk around in the school and get introduced to the students, basically. And by doing that, I also saw the amazing art they did, and that like lit a fire in me to like do my um, do my high school project and also make a portfolio for TJ then, because getting into TJ is not as easy as other schools basically because this is not a regular you call it university i think it's not a it's yeah. not a regular university it's like this is a it's called what the fuck do you call it like a higher vocabulary school i got not i it's try it's a university of triads basically like <laughs> you just no uh... but it's like it's a normal school you know normal schools you have to take classes and then you have to have you have to get these like university points or whatever Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not the same here. This is like a... I don't really know what it's called in English, but it's like a, a school that's that's made for work. Oh, yeah. And not it's for the degree. It's vocational, which is... Like... Yeah, voc yeah, vocational, that's what it's yeah. called. Yeah, yeah. It's not... It's, you don't really get a degree or a major or whatever. It's it's made for you to get out into the industry to be ready for the industry, Oh, wait, basically. so you don't, you don't get like a degree from it or anything? It's just... Like what? What do you get at the end? Like, oh, we we got a degree, yes, but not not like a. It's not really the same. I don't know how to describe it, but it's not the same as like going into an arts, a fully like major arts degree. Yeah, this is just, this school is made for the game industry, and when you get out of the school, you are ready for the game industry. So, so uh, like from from what I've heard and what you've told me and stuff like sweden sa sounds like pretty in tune with the game industry like yeah yeah is there, absolutely is there many game art schools or is, is tga like the main main one no there is so many there's one called um future games yeah that's also one um there is one called like bth i think i think that's one that also has some some kind of it's called like yeah, BTH. It's it's like clo closer to it. But what I know is that TJ is one of the best. I know that there's people from Future Games that are also pretty cracked at what they're doing. But I think I I think I I don't I haven't gone to that school, so I don't know. But from my view, I think TJ is the best. Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, you guys are pretty pretty insane. Um, yeah, no, it's it, it's um it's interesting. The games industry in Sweden like just seems to to be plugged in. There seems to be like a lot of opportunities over there as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we interviewed like obviously a few few guys from your place, um, and then like a lot of them went to just go work at various places around Sweden. I know yeah. obviously you got Ubisoft uh, massive there, and uh, is it Undead Labs the other one? I, uh, I don't know, man. I know we have Dice. Oh, yeah, and all the other ones. And... Yeah, it's quite it's quite a hot spot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, there is so many. There is, and for being such like it's not a super small country, right? But it's like it's not one of the major big countries. For being one of the smaller countries or whatever, we have an in insane amount of studios, and we're one of the center countries for video games. Like not on not on America's level, of course, but. I mean, it's... But yeah, there is a huge opportunity for people to work. Absolutely. So tell me about so tell me about that process. So obviously we've spoken about this before, but um, 
I, I think it'd be really interesting to hear more about that process of like how you apply for TGA and like how it's different from like a normal university, right? Because when we were speaking, you were like, you basically had to earn your place, right? It wasn't a case of, you know, in the UK, you, you, you've got to earn your like UCAS points, which are the, yeah, yeah. the university points. But at TGA, you went through quite a rigorous process to, to even get on that course. Like, tell us more about that. Yeah, yeah. So I think the way this was more like getting a job, I would that's probably the easiest way to explain it. Of course, the the one of the requirements was like to have I think you have had to have some kind of degree before from like a um from a high school, of course. But like it could be it could have been whatever. I think you could have you could have easily just have gone like gone from a economics whatever something because the only thing they care about is your portfolio and how you are as a person because you have to have a portfolio when trying to get into the school uh, which was why I was so lucky because LBS like helped you make a portfolio in a way uh, so I didn't really have I just sent in my high school project as my portfolio um, for TJ. So I was probably pretty lucky getting in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, so you have to, first of all, have a portfolio where you do, where you do your best. Um, and then if, you, if that portfolio was good enough, uh, you then go to an interview uh, where you talk to like two or three uh, educators. And in that interview, I know they're looking for people that actually can... They're not too egoistic, and they need people that can work together with people because working together in this industry is very key. <laughs> um, and so I know that there were so many people that didn't get in because they didn't have the personality for it, and it wasn't, it wasn't what the school was looking for, basically. And if you were able to get through the interview, there were tests, there were art tests, and there were some other tests but I, I knew i know there was an art test that i did um if i remember correctly which something it was something like they gave you a paper where you had to draw you only had like a couple of minutes and then they had a prompt telling you what to draw and then it told how much time you have to do it and then you had to send it send it into them so they know what your level is basically so do you have good, the, some good 2D art skills as well then, on top of the 3D stuff? Because, like, for example, if I had to draw something, I would be absolutely terrible at it because my 2D art is, is just god-awful. Like, Yeah, no, I'm awful at 2D. Uh, I think the best with TJ is that it is a 3D school. Mm-hmm. Like, they teach you 2D because 2D is... Even if you don't like 2D, 2D, being good at 2D makes you better at 3D. Like, it it just automatically does. And so, I don't think they looked so closely at the 2D. I just think they mostly looked at if they see you as a creative person and if you have the will to, like, create something um, and you didn't, like, half-ass it. Uh, Because mine was terrible and, like, I (laughs) suck at 2D. But they teach you 2D. There were 2D classes and other stuff in the beginning. And then we went into the 3D uh, parts, of course. 
Um, but yeah, there is not so, there is like no people getting into the school. There is like at least in Malmo where I was going, there is one, there is one art class that gets in, and that's like twenty five to thirty people maybe out of every single person that's searching. And because there is only two schools in the entirety of Sweden, there is sixty people getting in to this school that's each really, year. That's that's really interesting. So I'm I'm wondering like. I don't know, maybe do, do the game industries pay them directly for this kind of training? Like, how... Do you know how that works? Yeah, I don't know entirely. I, I do know... I do know that the... I've been told that, like, we don't really have a principal in that state. I think we have a principal that, like, takes care of the school, of course. But we don't have, like, a, a regular principal. Like, the the game industry is our principal, in a way. That's how I, how I understood it, at least that we have like a group of a little group or a cooperation of game industries like this is just an example i don't know if it is these studios but like for example ubisoft dice and uh, i don't know maybe shark mob and all these studios they together create the classes and what what's needed for the industry right now and so because they are basically building up the entire what's going to be teached and what's going to be needed for all these people. Everybody that goes out of the school, or, well, at least m the majority of the people that go, that, like, completes the school will get a job because we're basically made for the industry in a way. It's constantly being updated by the people that are hiring for it. Yeah, and also, like, because, because the school has so many connections... We get so many people from uh, uh, from studios coming in and giving us uh, like a PowerPoint of how how they're doing stuff and like teaching us and just just getting to the school to like talk to us. I know that there were people from Dice, the people that made Wolfenstein came in <laughs> just to talk with us and give a presentation. People that were working on I like the Hitman series. And just like just just having people to get in, teach us, and like talk about what they're doing is really really helpful. So yeah, did uh, I was gonna say like we we our, our studio usually goes out and and speaks um speaks to you guys directly, and during that big career fair, get to meet loads of cool people. Um, is yeah. there any like uh? Obviously, there's like only a few people that get in. Is it only open to like residents of Sweden, or is it like international students as well? Like, that's I think that's the thing that I still am a very I'm a bit I don't really know. And the reason to that is because I had a I had a classmate that was Danish, <laughs> uh, but because Danish and Swedish is pretty close, right, to the language, like the language barrier isn't that hard. I think it was more okay. Like, because as I've understood it, it's a Swedish speaking school. We have so many English terms because it's. Yeah, the gaming industry is very English based, of course. But it's still a, it's still a school where the teachers talk Swedish. Um. But I know, I know that she. She didn't talk Swedish, like, she didn't understand, like, every single Swedish word. So I know that sometimes the teachers talked English. Because of course, in Sweden, English is a is a language you need to learn. Like every single Swedish people know English, uh, 
so I actually don't know. Like, I, I could easily see the school being able to have in, being international because, like, all the educators that I had at least were really good at English, and I, I think I don't think there would be a problem having international people come in. But I think I think it is for Swedish people. But I know that there was people from other countries, so I actually don't really know. It's really interesting, actually, because uh, I don't know every single games course. I don't know. I I, I taught um I taught like a games course. Uh, not games course. I I took like two classes in Romania where I I taught in English, um, but yeah, they're mostly, um, like based in in their own home language, um. But it's so interesting. Like, again, like I think the UK is like the only place. Maybe maybe the US as well where we just know English. We don't have like a second language. You know, sometimes in in places like uh, uh Canada, you'll have French as well and. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, it's insane. Like, <laughs> I always forget you can speak two languages. It's when you like uh, your your friends from TGA come over and and start chatting to you. I'm like, oh yeah, Alex is Swedish, and he knows two languages. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's so. Uh, I've got so much respect for people that are able to do that because, like, to me, like, you know, in in the UK, we're privileged by the fact that like <laughs> our language is just used everywhere. So we can be really lazy with with like our learning. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's the reason. Like English is the major language. Uh, so that and Spanish is like the two biggest languages in the world. So I mean, it's very understandable. Mm. But I think like one thing that we like Sweden does that I don't know. I actually don't know if other countries does is that Swedish is of course our main language. English is our second language, which is which is a must. You can't choose. Like English, you have to have. It's one of the main things you, if you don't have a degree in that, I don't think you're getting accepted anywhere. And then we have a third language. You have to choose. So English for us is basically a language you that are that you have you have to have. And then a third language is something you choose. So the third language is just a kind of optional. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I think I think you can choose English as your third language as well to like delve into it deeper to be even better at English, for example. Um, but I know, for example, I had Spanish, for example, and like most, I think the majority of students uh, take either uh, Spanish, uh, Germany, or German, uh, or French. I think those are the three languages that the majority choose for their third language basically so when did you actually start like when did you personally start learning english like i guess you you knew swedish from the beginning yeah and yeah. Then when is it you start learning english is it part of you know your primary school so like when you're i'm trying to think how old you are when you start primary school i don't know man but uh, <laughs> uh a long time <laughs> a long day exactly no i i think i i may be very wrong about this right uh but I think we were pretty young when we started. I think we were like, how old are we? Like, ten? Yeah. Eleven? And now maybe even younger. I actually, I'm not one hundred percent sure, but I know we we're very young, because I, I can't even remember when I started learning English. Like that's how early it was. Just second nature to you now, I guess. Yeah, it is. Like I, of course, I still have my <laughs> Swedish. Uh, 
I st I still have my Swedish uh, dialect or whatever you call it, but like I don't have to think about talking English, and I understand most of the words, like on the complicated words. Of course, I don't I don't know every word, but I know enough to being able to communicate. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty mad to be honest. Your your English is super good. I know the the only time we end up explaining things is when we're using like British slang. Yeah, like, I don't know you, like, the, words. the different. Uh, like I noticed you started saying like "cracked" <laughs> in referring yeah, yeah. to like artists and stuff. You pick it up like little bits from from when we talk about things at work. But yeah, yeah, slowly I'm learning new words. It's fun using them, so yeah, it's very cool. You're evolving. You're like a powerful Pokemon. <laughs> it's really interesting because we've uh, we just had a new guy start uh, Albin, and yeah. Uh, yeah. He is very, very, he's got like a very soft voice, quite well-spoken, and we haven't had a chance to to build that uh, that chaotic English language into him. Yeah. <laughs> Just yet. Chaotic English language. <laughs> we'll get there, we'll get there. Well, yeah, yeah, I think so. So going back to one of your previous points, uh, talking about the TGA process. Um, so in your class, I guess like everyone is just like, wanting to work together, wanting to be there. Was there anyone in your class that was like, I don't know, did any egos get through that process or did it literally eliminate all of the the people uh, that wouldn't work with the, the kind of team mindset they're trying to build? Because back when I was at uni, we had like a group project and I, I think in every single group back at our university, uh, there was always one or two people that just wouldn't do any work for the group project or they would cause problems or would just prioritize everything else. Did you have any experiences like that or was did that process work? Right, so I think, like, of course you won't click with everybody. Everybody has different personalities and there is always people you don't really click with. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think because this school is so hard to get in to first of all it's like the people that are there are very motivated to do this it's not it's not like i don't it it feels so like it feels so narcissistic to say this but i, I don't think anybody can get into the school i i don't think so the only people that can are actually people that want to that's that's what i at least uh that's how i feel about it at least uh, but of course, when we had like how the school is like built up is uh, half of the day, so four hours. It's eight hour days in the school. <laughs> four hours of the day, like the beginning of the day, uh, is purely education. The teacher is there to to teach you stuff, and you have to do your assignments uh, or deadlines to complete your tasks. Or like that's yeah to complete the tasks basically. <laughs> that's the f the first four hours is pure education. Uh, I think after four hours the school switches to work mode as as I would call it. Uh, that's when you start making games. There is not as there is like there is no education now. Now it's you and a group you've been given creating a game. You've gotten you've gotten from the teachers you've gotten. What you need to do for a game, what they want in the game, and what you have to work with, and then they just let you loose. They of course are there if they if you need help, but they are not there at the degree that they will come and look and like how is it going? Do you need help with anything? 
mostly it's you and your group have to solve these problems yourself. Uh, and if you're stuck, of course, ask and they'll help you, of course. Uh, and then you're just working on a game. The first game we made, of course, was the most challenging one because like getting thrown into a school with a random group and then just make a game is not easy <laughs> at all. Um, but I think it gave so much just just working with like, I don't know how many we were, but like a group with programmers, animators, uh, graphical people, uh, level designers, um, and just just start to create stuff and like you have to do everything like they they give you like a base like we want you to make a temple run game i i remember the first game we have to make was a temple run game or a subway surfers game in a way uh so they wanted us to make that on the pc using unity uh, uh because they let us they let us use uh, already made engines in the beginning um and then we had to ourselves book make meetings write up and create a a board or a trello we use trello um so we had to plan everything ourselves come up with an idea plan everything absolutely everything create all the tasks uh and then start working and then we had we had like we had full power to when we had meetings what we were going to talk about and all these syncs and stuff, it was stuff we, like, the teachers didn't jump in with anything. They gave us tips on what they thought, like, we should do, but we had, we, we were on our own, basically. And then, I think it was at least once every week, or once every other week, or whatever it was, uh, we had a review time with all the teachers. I think it was for every sprint. So it was basically, you started in the... Oh, I don't even remember what the fuck we called it. But we we started in the alpha sprint. Yeah. And or no no no, we started in the pre-sprint, which is like only the planning and stuff. And yeah, then we had a sprint review. Yeah, exactly. Then we had a sprint review with all the teachers uh talking about what our plan is and what what we have planned. That's when they basically are saying this is good, this is not good. You should rethink this. Mm-hmm. Um and then when we got like a confirmation and everything, uh, we started working on our plan. And then when we were at the stage, which we had to be like, we had deadlines, of course. They said like in two weeks, you have you guys have to be in in beta stage or alpha stage, sorry. And then at alpha stage, we had an alpha review with them, and then went over what we had and what. Then they said like, this is good, this is good. And then we talked about what we wanted to do for the next sprint. Um, and then they said, maybe then they maybe said like, no, I don't think you'll be able to do this in this short amount of time and yada, yada. And then like we did it, we, we could do it even if they said no, but of course we mostly listened to the educators. Um, and then they had pretty strict rules with like, when you're at gold, you shouldn't add anything. Like now you should be content locked now, but like. Some most of the cases, of course, it never went perfectly. <laughs> so of course, most of the cases we added stuff in gold sprint and whatever. Um, and then when the game was done or whatever, when the, when it when the deadline was set, uh, we had the final review where we the teachers played the game and they talked about what they think and whatever, and then we got a degree on it. I, I 
a couple of days later when all the teachers uh, graded it. And then we have one day uh, where all, all students in the entire school play each other each other's games and then we have these um what is it called like google docs where you where you give feedback basically because feedback is a very big thing in the school and something the school empathize emphasizes so much giving and receiving uh feedback is something you have to learn um they were very strict on this that you shouldn't take ill if somebody is giving you feedback they're not doing it out of hate uh, you need to learn to release to like release stuff and don't hold it too long, too long, and you also have to be able to give good feedback. Basically, um, but yeah, so that's that's basically what the entire school is: education four hours, and then making games the other four hours. And how, uh, many, totally... how many times was that? Uh, like a week. Uh, what? Sorry. How many days was that a week? Uh, it, like normal, so Monday to Friday. Damn, so you were in all the time. Yeah, yeah it was like a work. I, I would call it like more close to a work like than a, a work school. Like in a simulation. Way. Yeah, that's... Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, That's huge, because like unis, universities in the UK are like, we'll have two days a week where we'll actually like learn... And then the other three days is like self-managed learning, like on yeah. your own at home. And it's like, that's insane. To know that four hours every single day for like, you know, that, that whole, uh, the whole week is like learning. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, it was really cool. And you, like, I think the best, I think the best thing about the school is like the people you meet. I'll probably always think that. Like, the school, of course, gave me so much information, and, like, I grew at an enormous rate at that school. Like, I think LBS, the school I was in before, that was three years, right? Three years of slowly getting into what 3D is and how you do it and what you have to think about and what topologies and whatever. <laughs> but, like, three years of work in that school is one to two weeks in uh, TJ. Like, it's a very intense school. And, like, after two weeks, I learned as much as I did, basically, three years at LBS. Like, this school makes you teaches you everything. Like, even if I was a graphical student, I had to learn how to rig and how to animate. Uh, we later also learned how to do VFX. Uh, and because we did this, we also, like, people dabbled in programming and scripting a little bit. That wasn't something we had to do, but of course we dabbled in it. Um, so you're telling me and, that yeah. so when we go to work tomorrow, I can get you to do some scripting for us? Nah, okay, calm down now, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I, no, no, no. I don't understand That's anything tools, about scripts. Tools we need to make, bro. Like, let's go. No, no, please, man. <laughs> yeah, that's no, insane. No, no. Like, just, just knowing that, like, even at... at those early stages you were like already delving into like such like so many different topics right because when i was at university i i did a course that was like three years um it was covering like a lot of different aspects of game development but i didn't know what i wanted to do until like the last year whereas like mm. 
you've gone in, you, you've like done that like almost before you've even got to university and then yeah, obviously yeah. specialise. So yeah, no, it's it's oh it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that like I think I was lucky in that regard. <laughs> because like I haven't done anything else. If I'm gonna I have worked many different weird jobs. Not full time, but like I have dabbled in different stuff. But I have actually only ever actually gone to school like if of course not primary school that's just normal stuff but like i've only went to game art schools uh and that's just that's just purely because i wanted to follow my cousins and then luckily i liked game art and then i just continued with it and i haven't done anything else so <laughs> Did you ever doubt at any point that you wouldn't be able to get a job at the end of of all that? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I can't even believe, like, of course the school, like, TJ is a very intense school. It is. I like Sometimes I even compared it to the military because it breaks you down and builds you up again. Uh, I would, I, I like, it sounds so horrible. It's still, like, I still love the schools. One of the best, absolutely. But, like... I would almost tell I would almost say like it's like a military in a way because it breaks it breaks you down and then they build they up they build you up after what what's needed so they basically like because I know like before I went to TJ like making art I was so self-conscious when people were giving me feedback I thought I sucked and stuff basically and I didn't want feedback but after being at TJ and them like Forcing you to like you have to give feedback to every single person and You have to receive feedback from every single person whenever you like it or not like you have to do this uh, And doing that over and over and over again You slowly learn to appreciate feedback and even if the feedback like is something that you don't like You don't always have to follow the feedback But you always have to accept it and think think about why that pe that why that person even thought about this as a feedback like there must be something in it even if you don't if you don't agree there must be something for the there must be something in the asset for the people to even think about it right so mm -hmm. those things i never thought about before and also just the stress and the the stress and the pressure some like i i think like if i would were if i would gone from lbs to work like at cloud i would i don't think i would be able to handle it but because TJ was such intense, it was so intense. And I think the hardest part was every single person in your class was amazing. Like every single classmate is amazing at what they're doing. And they all have different stuff that they are especially good in. Um, so when you, for example, I know, for example, I had a couple of people that wanted to be prop artists. Uh, and I saw how fucking good they were, for example. That's that that's an awful feeling when you're working on a portfolio, for example. It's already stressy as it is, because we have deadlines on our portfolios. Like, we, we had to plan our portfolios, and then... And then, like, seeing others, what they are doing on their portfolio, just it just makes you hate your work, basically. And the house was, that whole situation was like it's not it was not fun. I don't think or well it was fun, I guess. 
it was a very it was a cool experience but at the same time the pressure and seeing how good everybody else was was that was not fun like the thoughts you went through and stuff mm-hmm. but i also think that because we did that i as a person am now much stronger like mentally how um like yeah i was going to say how um how does work now compare to that kind of stress would you say it's easier no, th- this in the is workplace? so much easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? yeah, it is. Like I, I think it sounds like I'm shitting on TJ, but I, <laughs> I'm never gonna say that the school is bad. That's I, that is the best school. That's in my regard, it is the best school, absolutely. But it is harsh. You have to like be prepared for that. But because it is that harsh. They're they're like they're making you so ready for the industry and for getting out working, that like for me now it's not a breeze. Of course, there's there's a big difference between making games at a school and making a games for a big studio as Cloud. Of course, there is so many hardships right now that I've never learned about in school, but because of all the because of all the other stuff like the small stuff you don't think about, like them training you up to being able to handle pressure better and feedback and stuff i think that like work now is is enjoyable even in under stressy situations where i think where i'm like pissed because the engine is crashing or something uh i still see it as a positive thing because like the school was a very rigorous and very hard time even like even if it was a the best time in my life that's the thing like i sound like i'm like a mattress or whatever like it was hard but I enjoyed it so much. Absolutely. All I'm hearing is that I need to be harsher at work. <laughs> no, no, man. No, you don't. <laughs> I can be right. It's some, like, mighty big feedback for you tomorrow. <laughs> no, please. Yeah, nah. I mean... It... No, but no, yeah. If you had to go back, would you do it all again? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I still think I could learn so much. Absolutely. And I think, I also think, like, if I would go back, I wouldn't choose game art. I would probably choose... choose No, I I probably wouldn't, actually. Uh, But that's that's probably only if I have to go back after already being there one time. Oh, I see. But if I, yeah, but if I, if I go back, like... You'd pick it different to learn again, like... Yeah, then I probably would pick game art. Uh, but if I would go now again, like after already gone there, I would 100% choose tech art. Yeah. Because like I have always been interested in VFX and the tech, the tech stuff. That's also why I'm so happy to be in the Interactable Squad. Because we do stuff that like right, like the assignments we do when we actually have when we actually make cool assets. Uh, are amazing. I love everything about it. Like, I actually do like being able to do art and then actually do some technical stuff. <laughs> but that's only because, like, in TJ, you have the classes. And then the second year, it's more about specialization. You have to specialize in something. <laughs> and one of my specializations I chose was to delve a bit more into VFX, for example. VFX and shader work. Uh, and that's where I basically fell a bit more in love with the tech stuff. Uh, I still love art. Art is still the the most fun, absolutely. 
But I think, like, only doing art over and over again, and, like, no breaks between or whatever, is... It sounds okay, but I, I think, like, having that little break, like, going into DataForge and, like, doing some tech stuff is really fun for me. Yeah, it's really cool. To create, like... to create more living, basically. Yeah. I, I love that part. I, I love that part so much. I think a lot of, uh, at least from what I've experienced, there's a lot of jobs that will force you to just do one thing um, and never yeah. to, to deviate. But it's one of the good things about our team is we get to, like, okay, we know how to make this object move, we know how to make it animate, we can, you know, we have tools available to us that, that empower us to do those things. Uh, whereas, yeah. you know, like, uh, other teams don't necessarily have that, and especially at other companies, you 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 know, some, some companies will just have an artist for the high-poly work, have an artist for the optimization work, have an artist for the texturing, and... Yeah, no, having that diversity really, really helps you. I think it helps break up the day, break up the tasks, and and yeah, it's 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 nice. Yeah, but... I think so too. Like, it, it makes the day more enjoyable. Like, I think making the same thing all the time will get a bit repetitive, and that's not always a bad thing. Of course, if you want to do that, that's good. But for me, as a person, I I love just having a break sometimes. And especially when it's stuff that makes the asset so fucking cool. Like, making it interactable is is so fun. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it is. It's so fucking fun. Yeah, we can't talk I'm about just... what you're working on at the moment. But no, like, no. That, that last thing you closed out was, like, really awesome. And it's, like, yeah, yeah. just uh, thinking so in-depth about one object and, like, working out how it works and, you know, what different states it has to be in is, like... I know it's 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 one of the my favorite things at least because it's no longer just like a piece of art it's it's something that that has a purpose and a place in the world yeah and interact and you can interact with it yeah exactly that's like that's the cool thing (laughs) interactables I also think like just because interactable stuff is more like I want to say advanced in a way no but like because you're you have to set up stuff, like the thing I just closed out. Like it took a long time to do every step, not just the art, but just setting up a template and making the thing work, interactable wise. Like even if it was a hard thing, and even if it like the whole process was, it was quite hard sometimes, and it took a long while. It was still a very enjoyable time. Now afterwards, <laughs> when I'm done with it, it was a super enjoyable task. <clears throat> Absolutely. I think when you get to the end of something that you spent like a you know a good few weeks on, um, that feeling you get afterwards is like yeah. yeah. It, it, the, the longer you spent on that that project, right, the the better the feeling afterwards. It, the better. Yeah, the you feel so fulfilled. Because you've like you made things that are like you know taken one day to do, and then you've made things that are like you know a month maybe or something, and like yeah. The, the feeling after completing that month-long one compared to the one-day one, even if they are the same quality, just like different sizes, right? It's yeah, it's it's a great feeling. No, I agree. It's so fulfilling. You feel so happy. What are you doing outside of work? Are you doing any personal work or anything like that, or just keeping no. it to work for now and focusing on uh, enjoying your life for a bit now that you've got <laughs> got out of the military camp? 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I, right now I'm just enjoying my life. I think like because because I've moved countries from Sweden to England. It's still like everything is still new. Even if I've been here a whole year now, everything is still new. It still feels a bit like a vacation in a way, uh, and I don't think that feeling will ever like drop really. Uh, and in and it's it's really a good way because it makes everything a bit cooler. It feels like I'm in on vacation and doing stuff I love. Um, of course, there's hard stuff as well, like having my family and close ones uh, away. But it's still a very cool opportunity, and I also don't have any energy or any motivation to do personal work right now. But that's probably because, uh, for me at least, the portfolio work and TGA was a very stressful time. And now when I, when that stress has like faded, and I have land, land, landed a, a job here, for me, for me right now, I just want to like, yeah, just enjoy it, just live my life, um, explore England a bit, and yeah. Yeah, you should. I think uh, it's one of the things that I felt really guilty about um, when I got my first job. I basically didn't do anything for two years. Like no yeah. development outside of work because I was just, I, I was just enjoying the fact that I'd, I'd achieved my dream, right? And I don't know if you have this as well, but like my, it was kind of like a scary feeling because up until that point, I'd only ever been thinking about getting that job in the game industry. And then when yeah. I got it, it was almost, I almost felt a little empty because I I was like, cool, like, I've done it, like. Now what? And trying to work out that next step took me a very long time as to what I wanted to do. Obviously, there's like the the normal stuff like, oh, okay, I want to get promoted or, you know, I want to work on this or... But it took me a while to kind of work out uh, what was next. Because I feel like uh, once, if you don't have that like long-term goal, you're not going to have any motivation. I don't know if it's the same for you when, you know, obviously, how long have you been with us now like almost two years right something like that no one year my guy one year oh. two years now my one year anniversary was like last week or something damn yeah they had me on the newsletter at the company hell yeah they had me on the newsletter too but they forgot to yeah, i know the picture yeah yeah they didn't add my birthday correctly yeah no <laughs> Just a random ghost picture of me, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. Ah, so you're, like, one year in, right? So, you, I, I don't know, like, that motivation for me didn't come until, like, two years after I got the job. And then my brain was like, you should do something. You should, uh... I, I don't know, I think it's different at CIG because you've, you've got so much to learn. And yeah. obviously, like... When I was at Ubisoft, it was the same sort of thing, day in, day out. So I learned it very quickly. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to know when you, when you, what's next for for Alex? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I think I'm kind of the same. Like, I don't know exactly what I want to do, like right now. But I, I know, like, I've always had like a big dream, of course. That makes me like. That makes me kind of want to mo like. That motivates me, but that's like. 
that's like a dream that's a very shaky dream, I guess. Because my my dream is to create my own studio. That's that's always and will probably always be my dream. Mm-hmm. Having like a f- a group of like friends, not too big, uh, but not too small either, yeah. and working on something we all absolutely loves and have fun basically. Um, that's that sounds like that's loud. That sounds like a dream to me. That's that's absolutely my. I think that's the highest dream, like the highest point of my dream basically. Then of course I have others other dreams like I want to get a promotion. I want to be known as a good artist. I want people to be able to look at my name and see this guy. I know him. He has awesome stuff. Like that's also a big dream for me. Just being being known and known for somebody who's in the game industry, basically. You already uh, that, dude, like, <laughs> like Yeah, yeah, but you know what time, I mean, like uh, you know, every time someone reaches out about one of your, your assets at work, uh, you know, they they're always like, My God, he's done an amazing job on this and yeah, we we all we all think you're super talented and you've developed really well and yeah, the rest of that's gonna come with just time. You know, it builds yeah, yeah. over time, but with the studio thing as well, like you should listen to the previous episode because the previous episode, um, I had a is a guy called John Tell, and he runs um, an indie studio which is like he's got like a hundred, I think it's one hundred and fifty people if I remember correctly, or one hundred and twenty people. Um, yeah. But he works directly with like Xbox and stuff now. Oh, but, that's cool. But yeah, he started that like you know when when I was at university, it had been going for a few years. Um, yeah. But yeah, have a listen to that because like, you know, that is like a a dream thing, right? But I don't think it's shaky. It's very, very much possible. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it's like one of those dreams you don't really think about right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Long, it's just long-term a long-term dream. dream. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. Amazing, dude. But then I'm still also pretty new to what like every role does. That's also why I don't really have a stamp on exactly what my dream is. Like, I still don't understand exactly what a director does, what a lead does, and exactly what kind of authority and, uh, and like, authority and, uh, what is it called? Uh, I don't know the word. But well, a, a senior has other stuff to do with than just art, for example. And a yeah. lead has other, other stuff to do that's not as at all. Yeah, responsibilities. That's, no, that's the word, yeah. yeah. So, because I don't know what every thing does like for me being a director sounds cool but i actually don't know really what what i what the work is in a way like i understand yeah. what he does for the company of course but i i don't understand what in depth what it is but like in my in my ears right now it sounds like something i want to be but i don't know <laughs> so yeah, yeah understandable yeah it's something that you'll like learn like as you observe over the years and stuff and like uh if it's stuff you're interested in, like, you know, I could talk you through, like, the official, like, what the job role is, like, as it's yeah. written down, and then, obviously, you can you can, te- you can talk to Nick and stuff, and, but, yeah, that, that stuff will come over time, dude, like. Yeah, of course, it's not something I'm gonna, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really thinking about it now, it's just, like, yeah, it's, I know it's something that comes with the time, but, like, in regards to, like, what my, what I want, what the next step is, my next step is basically just to get a promotion like 
I have I just look at the short terms right now and then mm -hmm. just move forward. Yeah, no, it's really awesome. I think uh Yeah, no, it's just your your journey is a super cool one because like it's so different to like anything we have in the UK. You know, the education system in Sweden is just just wild. Like <laughs> Yeah. We didn't even talk about the fact that they like what was it? They I swear you said they they pay you at some point for the internship. Oh yeah, they or well, like it's not just me, but like I like if anybody's listening, don't. Uh, <laughs> I may have very wrong about this because I actually don't like I don't know anything about schools in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole like, Swedish education system's gonna come after you now. <laughs> yeah, no, I like T TJ is a very special school. Like other schools do not work like this. Uh, like regular school, regular school, like regular universities or whatever, they don't work like this. This is not a regular university. Are they the regular but, ones more similar to something that we'd have in the UK sort of thing? Or... Yeah, I would absolutely say so. Yeah, yeah. This is not a regular university. Uh, this is more like a private university. This is a very special one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I know that, I know that uh, when you are in school. You get paid in Sweden for being in school. Uh, depending on your grades, they may remove your money. Uh, like if if uh, basically the educators have to send in your degree or whatever to uh, another school organization or whatever that sends out money for you being in the school. And if your degrees are bad or getting bad. Uh, to a to a degree where the the organization organization thinks like you're not taking this seriously, we we won't give you money for this. Um, so basically, if your grades are good, then they see that you keep working and that you are in school and do your work. You'll you'll receive money each month, um, and that's money that you don't have to pay back. That's the base money. Um, I hope I am correct, but yeah. <laughs> You're gonna uh, get like a massive bill next week. <laughs> no, no, I'm pretty. No, no, and no, 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 I, I won't have to pay anything. I know that because, because there is two different payments. There is like a student loan, where uh -huh. you can add you can add money each month, um, to this to this base money that you receive every month. For example, the people that uh, move cities, like from, for example, Stockholm to Malmo. To be able to work, to be able to go to the school that you want, they have to of course rent an apartment. Uh, but y there is no way you can rent an apartment for the base money you receive for this school organization because you receive like I don't know how much it is exactly, but maybe three hundred pounds. Everybody receives three hundred pounds as a like as a student, like you're a student here, you get some money, <laughs> but like that's not that's not close enough for being able to live, of course. So the people that have to move down or like get a place to live at they have to like add student loans of course and student loans have less interest and stuff of course so everybody does that but i i was for example one of the lucky ones that didn't really i i lived so close to malmo so where the school was so i did i don't i don't i've never taken a loan in my life for example uh, so i no, the money i received i won't have to pay at all because that's just base money you get f because you're studying. This the as Sweden works basically. If you study, you get money. 
We all should have moved to Sweden. Everyone thrown <laughs> in the UK. We should have gone. Yeah, should have gone to Sweden. Yeah, gone to Sweden. <laughs> but of course, there is flaws and stuff as well. And I, I probably missed so much. Like I haven't really given a shit about how that works. I just know I receive money. <laughs> That's all I know. I just know I get money. I get. Yeah, yeah. I don't ask questions. <laughs> no. Amazing. Like I've been pretty <laughs> lazy about that. I know that you probably should have read through what everything means and what, why you get this and stuff. But I just accepted, wrote, wrote in my information and then like, yes, I go to this school now, give me money. Yeah, that's basically it. You need to be careful, dude. Like, they might turn up when you're like 80 to come and harvest your organs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I know, I, I'm like 99% sure that's something that you never have to pay. That's just money they give you. That's that's also why we probably have so high tax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I don't know. Okay, I have no idea. You... I suck at this part. So I don't know. <laughs> you you just don't ask questions and turn up with the fancy lunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My God, the lunch is the lunch is Alex brings. He like has like a he must have like a a private chef at home or something. <laughs> he he brings in these like elaborate lunches. We always bully him for it. Bless him. Uh. <laughs> But, yeah. no, it's fun, man. Yeah, no, you love cooking, don't you? Yeah, you it's something I really you, enjoy. Is that how you how you unwind when you come home? You you, you make a nice meal, or like, how does that work? You usually uh, make I, a meal on a Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. But I do that to save money and time. Yeah. Uh, so I I do everything on Sunday for the entire week. So I do all my groceries on the Sunday. Yeah, today. This is a Sunday, so after this, I'm probably gonna go <laughs> and buy like, stuff. If this carries on any longer, it's gonna be uh, he's gonna be starving next week. Yeah, exactly. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> like Joe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but uh, no. So I I do my groceries on the Sunday. Uh, I do groceries for both lunch and dinner for the entire week, um, and then I cook the two. The two um, meals that I have, that I, one one of the meals I bring to work, and one of the meals I eat when I get home from work, um, and by th- by doing that, I don't have to do anything when I get home from work. Um, I can just solely focus on well going to the gym and then just relax before going to bed, um, and then also it saves money Be- because I do all this. I can. It saves so much money, like because I'm doing like this, uh, like a big haul of groceries on the Sunday. I just I pay like basically I basically pay like what is it, forty pounds, about forty pounds for a whole week of food, and that's like nothing. And that's that's both lunch and dinner. And then, of course, it depends on what, like, I sometimes like to try new recipes that are a bit fancy. And, of course, it depends on what <laughs> you cook. It becomes a bit more expensive. But, yeah. yeah. But, I like, it, it saves so much time and money. And because the living expenses in this country is, uh, it is what it is. It's shit. It is a bit harsh. Yeah, so I, I do everything I can to being able to save as much money as I can. And because I love cooking, it's just, it's a win-win for me. Um, I think it's good for the future as well, when I get a bit older and like, just being able to cook. Like if you have friends over 
uh, being uh, something I think I'm like my father in that aspect. I think uh, my father loves to cook for the guests and seeing them being happy about the food. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm the same. Like absolutely, being able to cook something and you see people like it is, uh, it brings me joy. Absolutely. You need to talk to Tom Laponce. Yeah, I know. I have. Start uh, start some cooking classes together or something. Like, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he he loves it. That's like his love language. He he absolutely loves cooking for people and stuff. Should do a cook off yeah. in the office. Solve all our yeah. problems. Come and cook us all lunch. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It'd be fun. What's Could on be. the What's on the menu for this week? I actually don't know. I think this is the week where I've been, I haven't planned anything. So I'm just going to go to the grocery, just go through the, all the lanes or whatever, and just see what I think. Sometimes, like, I'm at the, the level, like, I'm fucking good. I'm not especially super good at cooking, but I've reached the level where I can, I don't really have to follow a recipe all the time. I can just, like, throw something together and I know it will taste okay. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm absolutely not a fucking pro chef at all. But uh, I at least can do something that, like, I know it will taste okay at least. Uh, but following re- recipes is pretty fun. I like, like, googling forums where people, like, uh, just have their family recipes. It's sometimes just too fun to try other people's recipes. That's very wholesome. Very wholesome indeed. Very wholesome. From Graveyard Keeper... To 3D artist, <laughs> what? Uh, what, uh, what a journey? Jump. Yeah, it mean, is a what, journey. What yeah, a journey, man. Um, yeah, no, thank you so much for talking to me and taking time out your, you know, your cooking schedule today for uh <laughs> for this. Um, I know you're a bit nervous about it, but yeah, I mean, hopefully you've enjoyed it. I think I think I've had, I've enjoyed it. I know I've enjoyed. Spoke it. a lot about stuff we've already spoke about at work, but you know. I, Getting getting this story out and 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 basically letting people hear what it, you know what it's like in different circumstances and from different points of view, it's what this is all about. And I think you've got a very unique story. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I guarantee you, no one else that's going to come on this podcast has been a, a graveyard keeper and you know <laughs> gone, gone through this stuff. <laughs> so yeah, no, thank you so much for uh, for joining me today. It's, it's Really appreciated. No, thank you for having me. It's been fun. It's been very fun. It's been very fun. I really look forward to seeing what you got for for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you'll see, man. We hit you with the Mich- <laughs> the Michelin star. <laughs> the Michelin star, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, you've been listening to the Game Dev Origins podcast today with uh, me, Lewis Thompson, and uh, Alex Molstead from CIG, uh, and from a local Swedish graveyard. Um, <laughs> yeah, this will be going out um, tomorrow for us, I think. So, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep, a, keep an ear out for that. Um, if you really enjoyed uh, listening today, really appreciate it if you could, uh, you know, like, retweet, send it, share it with your colleagues, anything you want to do to, to help this little podcast grow, that would be amazing. Because, uh, yeah, I really enjoy doing it. And, um, you know, the, the feedback we've had from people listening um yeah i'm really 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 grateful for for all the kind comments and and stuff like that so thank you very much for listening and uh we'll see you later like and subscribe
Like and subscribe and ring that notification bell. Yeah. <laughs>